You're listening to Drive and Convert, a podcast about helping online brands to build a better e-commerce growth engine with John McDonald and Ryan Garrow. So Ryan, you and I have lots of conversations and I know that you are in the middle of building a house. Of course, you have your online businesses, multiple online businesses. I mean, <laughs> if I understood right, you even became a wine distributor just so you could have good wine to drink and, and supply That's your true. friends. I mean, who, should have, who shouldn't have one of those? I mean, it buys I, me friends. <laughs> well, I was just going to say I've benefited and I don't have to open my own because I know you. In the middle of all of that, of course, you have four kids uh, between the ages of four and eight, which um, I'm not going to pass judgment on. I have my own, but one I really is love my wife. For me. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see That's if true. she still loves you <laughs> yeah, by the time yeah, exactly. everybody is older. Uh, but I thought it would really be great today to talk about building an online business because you've been sharing a bunch of your learnings going through this process and how building a house in the middle of all of this chaos of your life, if you will allow me to say that, mm -hmm. and <laughs> how that relates to building online businesses. So I want to hear in your words just what you think it takes to build an online business. And maybe we can look at this through the lens of building a house and kind of using that as an analogy. I'm sure we'll have several analogies today. But I, I think business owners, they, they all start with these visions of building this, you know, McMansion or whatever you want to call it. It's like, hey, this this huge castle I'm going to build, right? Mm -hmm. And they hit frustrations and roadblocks along the way. And anyone who's ever even renovated a kitchen or a bathroom has has encountered the same types of challenges, right? Going back to this home building aspect. So I want to hear from you today about your experience building online businesses and, and how people should be thinking about that. Building almost anything is a painful process, I think, especially when there's not somebody that's done the exact same thing before on the exact same piece of property or in the exact same you know type of industry. And there's so there's a real lack of uh, not necessarily examples, but just what exactly you do here, here and here. Um, and that happens both in the house building and in the online process. It's even worse when you decide to do it in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> uh, and costs for both over building supplies. a house and a business. Exactly. There's just, yeah. Nothing is normal right now. Someday, I hope we get to say, yeah, this is normal. Mm -hmm. uh, who knows when that happens? But I guess the similarities between building a house and building a business go pretty deep, especially when you start at the very beginning, when it's just the idea, the fun part. You know, mm -hmm. I am a, at my core, I am a dreamer. I come up with the most amazing business ideas all the time. Just don't ask my wife. <laughs> she's my my kite string. She's my uh, shotgun to my skeet. Um, <laughs> all, most of my dreams never make it uh, out of the first couple minutes mm. of conversation with my wife. Uh, but that's good. I mean, somebody like me definitely has to. I just that. had this vision of your ideas flying through the sky and her just shooting them down one by one. Oh, man. We've had that was a very painful at the beginning of our marriage when she didn't know like how big of a dreamer I was. Like, oh, we should do this. We should, what, what are you thinking? And so then my ideas died on, on as soon as they were launched. And there was some <laughs> frustrations there. But every business has to start with an idea, just like building a house. You've got to have the idea to go with. And then you've got to have you've got to have something to build it on. So like mm -hmm. you've, you've got land before you have to build a house. You can't just build a house without something somewhere to put it. And so in, in the online world, you've basically got to have something to sell or some type of reason to exist. What are you going to put there? Mm -hmm. Like not necessarily even the idea of what you're building, but just you know, are you going to sell shoes? Are you going to sell socks? Are you going to sell hats? You know, what is it going to be and how are you going to source that? 
But I think one of the biggest keys to success in online business comes before you even start doing anything. And I think it also happens in the in the building a house world where before we even started anything, I didn't have a loan. We just said, hey, we'd like to build a house. Let's see if we can even do this financially. It was, let's talk to some builders. Let's talk to some architects. Let's talk to some really smart people that have done this many, many times before, can look at and understand our finances and where we're trying to build on the land and say, does this even make sense? Mm-hmm. And I think with online businesses, it's so easy to get a Squarespace or a Shopify site up without any web development skills whatsoever. I mean, if I can put one up, <laughs> it's easy for a lot of people. It, it just You just do it. And with no thought around it, like, oh, I'm just going to put it up and be in business. And yeah, I'm going to tell my friends I have an online business and I'm, I'm in e-commerce. It's going to be great. And there's even apps in Shopify that'll be like, we will let you drop ship any possible thing on Alibaba by clicking a button and you're automatically selling pink shoes. And you're like, all right, great. And that's <laughs> it's going to be difficult to say the least. I've now, to I, I'm going to find you some pink shoes, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I think I might have some. <laughs> I do have two daughters. So I guarantee there's pink shoes in my house. But if I had not talked about architect and builders and interviewed multiple builders, interviewed multiple architects before we sold it, mm-hmm. you know, found the partners we wanted to do this with, I wouldn't be even close to where I'm at now as far as building a house. And I think in an online business, one of my first recommendations would be you need to find somebody that's done this before, that has some experience in doing this before you go off and try to do it. Or if you're a brick and mortar and you want to go start an online store for your business, find another brick and mortar store that's done that because that is going to save you a lot of pain and suffering. You're going to, maybe you have to pay them. Maybe you have to give them a piece of the business, but it is going to pay back multitudes on saving yourself some of the issues and struggles because you wouldn't like we've actually thought about GCing ourselves. There's Woo-hoo! a lot of communities out there for e-commerce people who are starting up online and in peer groups. I mean, I'm part of two peer groups that have been instrumental to our success here, mainly because I've used them to learn from other people's mistakes and not repeat the mistakes that people ahead of me have made. Mm-hmm. And that just accelerates and makes it so much easier. It turns a uh, a huge hole into a, a speed bump at most, all right? And so you're able to just kind of plow forward, get over it, and know how to go around it if you need to, based on what other people have done. So I can definitely understand that. So oh, yeah. we have the land, right? And that's kind of the idea. And my father was actually a soil scientist when I was younger, before computers, and he got into, into all of that. But Oh, wow. One thing he used to do is go around and find abandoned landmines in Ohio that people had built houses on. All of a sudden, the house was like falling into the ground. And they're like, what's going on? We don't know why our house is sinking. (laughs) And it's like, yeah, because you built on an abandoned landmine that was filled with water. And then all of a sudden, it just collapsed in on itself. And so it's interesting. It's kind of like that. If you don't do your research and look underneath the soil of what you're building in, you can't have a good foundation and, and that's going to eventually come to, to bite you later. You need to be thinking about margins, fulfillment. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you the number of business owners that come to us and they're like, you know, it's just not converting, but we have to charge $100 for shipping because our product is so heavy. It's like, well, you might have decided to choose a different product because fulfilling that is so expensive for shipping, right? Mm-hmm. So either that or build it into your pricing and hope that that's competitive, but it's just, uh, it's a challenge and people don't think about all these things ahead of time. Oh yeah. I mean, we had to pay for a lot of those surveys to come out. Mm-hmm. One guy, <laughs> I, 
I, I didn't know this was going to happen. We get up in the morning, some old guy and, you know, like 80 years old drives mm-hmm. in a kind of a beat up car on our, we're living on our property at the, at this time. Cause we've knocked our house down to rebuild a new one. So we were still in our old house. This guy, six thirty seven in the morning in the summer, drives his car by our house into our backyard, <sighs> parks and sits there all day. And I'm like, uh, this is weird. So, I mean, it was, he was there maybe an hour before I'm like, why is there a guy back there? I know yeah. we're doing construction stuff, but. I didn't get any notice. I walked out there. He had to pump water into one area of the property and then mm-hmm. sit there for six hours and just watch what happens to a hole he dug. Oh. <laughs> and I'm paying for this. Oh. Uh, so I'm like, what am I paying for? This, this guy's watching dirt and water flow. But it was an important piece to make sure that, you know, as it rains, that they knew where the water was flowing so they didn't build the house in the wrong spot. So research is important. Um <laughs> Yeah, if you build a house on land, you might have to figure that out. Uh, uh, there'll be an old guy in a car. Well, so okay, so we've got. <laughs> I love that. First of all, I want that retiree job. So, if we're talking about you have the land, you have the dirt, you have the idea, you've done the research. Mm-hmm. Now, would you consider the architect or the builder? You know, I would consider those separate. Perhaps so is the architect somebody who's done it before can help you chart the plan? Is that your friend or peer groups? Is that what you would consider? Yeah, I mean, I would think that is. So if we look at, Mm -hmm. for example, I don't do any business without partners because I know that, uh, number one, my time is limited, uh, but I also Mm -hmm. know I'm not good at a lot of aspects of business, right? I could do it, but I'm not passionate about it. So I should have somebody that probably is so I can spend my time marketing. But I think it's probably a friend that can advise, but even better would be have a partner that has a skill set that you don't. A lot of businesses I see, that are very successful, have people that are very clear. If they're not a, a partner, they're very like employee one. That mm-hmm. is that person that just is really good at something you're not. Um, I have this one person that works for me in all the businesses I've been involved in. She handles all of our finances and bookkeeping. She does all of our, the tedious, like to me, tedious. Mm-hmm. Uh, to her, she actually enjoys a lot of that process. But without her, no business I'm involved in runs because she handles so many things that I am terrible at and she's just passionate about. Yeah. So she's not a partner, but she's somebody that I bring into every business because I just have to have that. I know that about myself. So yeah, you need somebody to do that. You know, the builder can be somebody that's maybe building a website, but it's actually creating some of the structure and framework around it and orchestrating as a GC. That is also probably you as the business owner doing a lot of that. But I would have somebody that's done that. that maybe I just pay, you know, I want to meet with you once a month and it's worth 500 bucks for an hour of your time for me just to sit down and say, this is what I'm going through. Do you have a CEO group? Like I know you do. I've been in those and they're phenomenal, especially when you don't compete. And it's just like, hey, mm-hmm. I know you've had headaches in HR. I'm going through this big one now or with salaries going crazy with employees. How are you matching? How are you handling this or this? Or, hey, Oregon passed a crazy new law. How do we handle that in Oregon? There's just having those people at your disposal somehow, some way, mm-hmm. I think is going to be necessary if you really plan for this business to grow and be a sustainable income producing entity for the long run. You're listening to Drive and Convert, a podcast focused on e-commerce growth. Your hosts are John McDonald, founder of The Good, a conversion rate optimization agency that works with e-commerce brands to help convert more of their visitors into buyers, and Ryan Garrow of Logical Position, a digital marketing agency offering pay-per-click management, search engine optimization, and website design services to brands of all sizes. If you find this podcast helpful, please help us out by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts and sharing it with a friend or colleague. Thank you.
what would you think about in terms of financing then? Obviously, you need some resources to start this. Mm-hmm. You need to buy inventory. You need to ideally, well, you're going to have to pay for something like Shopify. Ideally, you have a resource that can help you build a little bit, right? You got to drive traffic. There's some money to spend there. That's like having a financing or a loan for the house. So tell me more about that. What would you, because I'm kind of the, of the mindset for, as an entrepreneur that I don't need a lot to start a business. I will make it happen without a lot. But starting an e-com business is a little different than a consulting type business, mm-hmm. right? Where you're selling your time or your thinking. You have to have goods to sell, right? Um, now, maybe you could pre-sell, you could do launch pre-orders and build up some revenue maybe that way. But, you know, Kickstarter is that a great yep. example of that, right? But w- what's your thought on this? W- what kind of resources do you feel like you need? I think you need at least a line of credit available to you and your business. That's perfect world. Obviously, mm-hmm. you can start up businesses without it. You can drop ship things. There's a lot of ways to solve that finance problem, but just know that there is something you need to get products to begin shipping. Like your people are going to send you money to buy a product in e-commerce. Ideally that you're collecting that money before you even ship the product because it's coming and you know, then you ship. But mm-hmm. for businesses that I think, I think drop shipping is going to become a smaller and smaller piece of the overall e-commerce landscape. I think three, four years ago, it w- you could do a lot of decent drop shipping, but it became too easy. And the barrier mm-hmm. to entry was there that there's no advantage. And then the customer service and reviews on dropship products, you don't control enough of that process that I just don't think it, it, it was possible long-term to make that a piece of, yeah, I want to build this business and it's always going to be a drop ship thing. I yeah, no, I think, I think the, the margins have, have gone away on that. They were already razor thin, but now mm-hmm. there's just no margins. And consumers can go to Alibaba, whatever, and get, get the stuff themselves now if they yeah. want one or two of those, right? So it's I don't know that that's a great business model. So for going that though, you need to have some resources. Is there a dollar amount that you, I guess that really would depend on the product, right? It would. I, for me, if I'm going to go into an e-commerce business, I need to have some ability to be a brand. Like whether I'm going to become a retailer brand that says I am the best in this particular category or I am the brand that sells through retailers. Mm-hmm. I think long-term you need to, you have to have that goal. You're going to be one of those two things. Either I'm going to shoot for the Nordstrom and I'm mm-hmm. going to be that for for what I know really well or what I'm passionate about, or I'm going to be the company that sells to multiple Nordstroms so I can be on Amazon, so I can be mm-hmm. on Walmart, all these other places that are important in e-commerce that I think don't a lot of times go into that initial thinking. So I think that kind of mm-hmm. comes back to the plan. So if you're going to do that, that's where it does take money. You've got to have production. You've got to have, you know, source that production. Mm-hmm. And that does take money. Some people have to fly to China to find the factory to do that. There are lots of ways you can do temporary in one area where it's more expensive. Like if you're going to produce down the street with U.S. labor to prove a model, and then soon you know you're going to be able to produce in Vietnam or China because of cost savings there. There's a lot of things to think through on that. I've bootstrapped my e-commerce businesses where I was basically the line of credit, my partners and I, and we didn't take a loan. We actually, uh, Joyful Dirt just did take a loan. Uh, Amazon mm-hmm. decided they were willing to give us money. We're like, yeah, we could use that to buy a machine. Let's do it. Take it. I'll build business credit. Uh, we had to build up revenue to get access to that. And I was going to say, and you, you essentially, that was later in, in the picture, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you've been doing this for a year plus. So, yep. 
So I think most people are going to self-fund. It would be my guess. Would you consider that kind of, okay, so you have the loan is the found, what's the foundation then? Is that the brand? Because I could see the brand being what you built up from, right? Yeah, I look at the foundation as, you know, almost what are the, the systems you're going to build your business on? Like, are you going to be Shopify? Are you going to be BigCommerce? Mm-hmm. Who are you going to use for fulfillment? Are you going to do that yourself? What are the actual pieces within the business that you're going to scale on top of? Because there's going to be multiple things. Like I might say, I'm going to start with ShipBob and Shopify. I'm going to get my products there. The kind of the, the brand itself is more the idea for me. But then once you have that foundation, like then you're mm-hmm. managing all of these subs and you have hopefully a business partner and yourself that are, that are helping oversee all of this with some mm-hmm. expertise as they're building this business of yours. And who knows when the business will be totally built. You know, you're probably never yeah. done. You might start with by building a single wide and then you're going to build that into a, a McMansion. Then you're going to build that into a castle. And those foundational pieces can change and move, but you at least have to decide, all right, this is what I'm comfortable with. I know this. I understand why Shopify charges this, this, and this, how their fulfillment works within their system what I'm going to be paying for shipping based on the product, do test shipping, test multiple shipping types. Like shipping is one of the craziest, most frustrating things in all of e-commerce. If that that was my subcontractor, it would be the pool guy because the pool guy is the worst subcontractor in the world, (laughs) at least as of right now in my process. (laughs) Uh, Uh, If you want to be a pool contractor, come to Oregon because there's a lot of demand. There's a lot of demand and not yeah. a lot of season to do it. Uh, there isn't. So, but shipping. So if you haven't built an e-commerce business or you haven't even looked deep into the details of shipping, you probably need to, knowing mm-hmm. that where you're shipping from is going to have different rates all over the country. If you ship from Oregon to Miami, that's like the worst on the planet. Mm-hmm. Like nobody takes things down to Miami very cheaply. But the same package will ship at a different rate to the same location for FedEx, UPS, and USPS. So you have to have, understand which package is going to save you the most money, especially if you're giving away free shipping, which I advocate for almost every e-com business right. giving free shipping. Mm-hmm. And you'll have to see like uh, dimensional weight can change uh, if you're shipping wholesale versus direct mm-hmm. to consumer. If you ship to homes, there's penalties from FedEx and UPS to get home delivery. USPS doesn't charge those. Uh, if you're B2B, then you know FedEx might be cheaper. Going to Hawaii, FedEx is terrible. USPS is good. Uh, it's just <laughs> the learnings in shipping alone could be a podcast. Okay, so we've got the idea, the dirt, the land. We've got the architect and builder, which is the friend and peers. We've got the financing done, right? You talked a little bit about foundation uh, and what's needed there. What comes next? Next comes all the headaches and the problems. Like, well, you've got these subcontractors. Yeah. You're going to get it out there. You've got to start spending mm-hmm. money. So that's because you got to drive traffic. Just putting a website up is not going to work. I, right. I don't know why a lot of people think that it does. I, it, it still confounds me. Like, well, I've had a website for three years and I have exactly zero traffic. Yeah. Same thing with <laughs> well, the retail location, right? Like, I mean, okay. you might get some foot traffic maybe, but you just can't count on it. Yeah. Well, at right. least in retail, you could be like, if I go right next to P.F. Chang's, I know I'm going to get traffic between the mm-hmm. hours of four and eight just because people are waiting in line there and they're going to see my store. And like, at least it's right. awareness. It doesn't work that way on a website unless you can get, unless you have friends that can send traffic there. You have influencers, but you have to think through how, why are people going to come to your business and do something like, and how mm-hmm. are you going to get them there the first time? Do you have a plan to get them back a second time? Mm-hmm. That blows most business owners' minds. Like, what do you mean? I sold the thing. I'm like, oh, yeah, you did. Like, but did you sell them a second thing? Like, <laughs> you've got. I just talked to a guy yesterday. He has fifty thousand people in his email database, and he doesn't email them. I'm like, why not? Well, I just couldn't get it to work. 
What were you uh, using? Well, I, my dad's owned this business for 40 years and we used eye contact and we just couldn't get it. I'm like, oh my gosh. Yes, you need to be doing that. <laughs> Let me introduce you to my friend <laughs> Clavio. Yeah, exactly. The heart. Uh, even MailChimp, I would say, is better than what right. you're doing now. You're not doing anything. Well, uh, let's, so let's not go too far, but yes. Traffic. <laughs> We're not going to go that far. But yes, it's, it's, it's people working for you or systems working for you, which are all these people coming to your house to do certain things uh, during the day, and you're overseeing all of them as your business. And once that's in motion, it's the overages and the cuts and that you have to make and the pivots and the things that don't go the way you expect them because mm-hmm. I don't think there's been a home build in history that went to the way it was supposed to uh, because people are involved. Just like in online businesses, there are people buying things. There's going to be customer service issues. The postal service is going to lose the package and you've got to figure out where it is. And do you send another one? Is it just stuck? I had one package that was stuck in the Atlanta and scanned five times a day and didn't move. I was like, well, somebody is physically scanning this product. And the lady that had it was like, you need to, you need to fix this with the postal service. I was like, I'm like, I'm just going to send you another one, but I, right. I don't know how, who I could call. Like, Hey, you've got my $16 plant food stuck somewhere in Atlanta being scanned by somebody every day. You know it's on somebody's desk and it's just messing with you. And oh, just, yeah. Every, every time they walk by, they're just like, I'll scan that every yeah, time. Yeah, like, somebody's probably listening. If you work for the Postal Service in Atlanta, <laughs> just stop scanning it because it's driving me crazy. It's been there for two weeks, <laughs> not moving. Oh, that's amazing. Scan. Maybe so, it's just like stuck on a conveyor belt and it just keeps going yeah. around. Or the sticker. You know? The packages go up, but the sticker's just <laughs> like, brruh, brruh. like I love that. Damn, yeah. Somebody get that sticker out there. <laughs> but in seriousness, problems will happen. Yeah. And I think that's where you go back to the architect and the builder that are helping you. They've seen that before. Like our mm-hmm. builder. I get so frustrated sometimes because they tell me things I don't want to hear. But it, I I trust them. I, I know they've built really good houses. I did a lot of interviewing. And so I know that, that they're leading me down the right way no matter how frustrated I get. You know, yes, the pool guy's over 30 grand. Yes, he's not going to be on time. Yes, the pool cover is somewhere in the wrong country. Yeah, okay, that happens. It's on but, that conveyor belt that's yeah, going around. Just, yeah, pool covers too. Okay. But yeah, it's also... You do live within a budget when you're building a business and there's things you want to do that you can't do. And that's painful. You know, my wife has always wanted to build a house. And so we came up with this. She thought it was going to be the, just the greatest, most amazing thing to be able to build a house. She saw these people doing it on Instagram and it looked like such a great thing. Their perfect family never had any problems or arguments in their life. And then we got to do it. So our expectations were out of line. Mm. And Turns out you have to make cuts. Like you, we are not billionaires. So yes, when we build a house, we do have to decide to not do certain things. Like, mm-hmm. yes, we can't get those cabinets. Yes, we can't get those windows. We wanted a certain hardwood floor. We can't get that hardwood floor. Either it wasn't in stock or it just was too much money. And so mm-hmm. that happens in e-commerce businesses too. You go in, you start and you see what happens. And once you're selling something, you realize, oh crap, there's a bunch of people in New York buying my product and my shipping costs are way higher than I expected. This doesn't work on my margins. I can't spend money to drive traffic. Therefore, if I turn my spending off, I get no traffic and we have problems. So know that it's going to need to be pivot. And you're going to have to constantly go back and look at the plans and say, okay, this can't happen the way we wanted to. So how do we adjust this or this? Those conversations are never fun, <laughs> especially for dreamers that you know really wanted to do big things. But it's important. And I think Again, having the right people in place. And if you have that expectation that it's not going to go well, and great, we're still going to be moving forward. We're still going to be growing and building a business that is cool, that is solving a problem, that is helping people. It's okay when you see these problems and hiccups because you expected them. 
Our builder, right. I will say, should have set better expectations with frustrations, but well, that's they, why we're here setting expectations appropriately for everybody listening, right? Yes. So I think what we've learned today is everyone complains about building a house or renovating their house, right? And mm -hmm. there's good reason. But if you go into it with your eyes wide open, then then you'll be in a much better position with expectations. And an online business is, is very, very similar to that. And that if you don't start by doing your research and having the old guy in the truck come out and dig a hole and see if it fills with water <laughs> all the way through, you know, setting the right expectations around funding and what it's going to take there to having the right people around you, be it the architects and builders and peers to the subcontractors and all the different people you're going to have to work with to do it right and get stuff off your plate. And then lastly, you're always going to be cash constrained or at least feel that way. Mm -hmm. And you're not alone and you need to find ways around it. And to me, that's the fun of business, right? I mean, that's why I do this. It, it's fun to me to figure out problems all the time. I enjoy that. And if you don't enjoy that, then don't start an e-commerce store because mm -hmm. you are going to be solving problems left and right, be it a sticker stuck on a USPS <laughs> conveyor belt or hey. You know, like it's going to be a million different things. So it is. That's, I mean, that's why I love e-com. I mean, I, it's mm -hmm. all day. I solve problems and yeah, someone pissed me off. Uh, but at the end of the day, I look back and go, God, that was, that was fun. If there weren't problems, I would get bored. And I would say in that process, you have to be able to find joy in it. Like you got to mm -hmm. celebrate some milestones. Like you celebrate when you hit a million bucks, celebrate when you hit a hundred, celebrate when you get 10 grand. Who cares? You're in that process and set milestones that you can celebrate in that. Like my wife and I will walk over like, yesterday we had taped sheetrock. Woo, that was exciting. We saw taped sheetrock. Hey, it's we have to find joy because there is frustration that's gonna come yeah. in there. So make sure you do have the celebrations and you do have those lines and saying like, ah, when this happens, we do go over there and have a glass of champagne. We're yeah. not going to be the nice champagne because we're not done yet, but it'll be a glass of champagne because we well, want to enjoy the, some of that process. The challenge is when you're done, you're not going to be able to afford that nice champagne. With <laughs> that's true. But that's, you know, <laughs> just neither here nor there. It's an Give me a call, Ryan. I'll house. hook you up. How's that? <laughs> yeah. Think if I can get the cheap champagne a little cheaper. Yeah. I was just going to say, I'll order the nice champagne from you at a discount and then give it back yeah. to you as a housewarming <laughs> gift. How's that? All right. Thank you, Ryan. This is uh, this has been insightful, and as always, and uh, I, I appreciate you uh, humoring me on this idea. Yeah. Thank you, John. I love talking about it. Thanks for listening to Drive and Convert with John McDonald and Ryan Garrow. To keep up to date with new episodes, you can subscribe at driveandconvert.com.